Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. And today I'm going to be recapping the Eastern Michigan game homecoming weekend here at Husky Stadium. It's a wild day. It was a long day. Um, as promised and as you can tell as I'm coming through your uh, your headphones or your car radio, I got no voice. But uh, I had a great time yesterday. I had some family and some friends in town. My mom was able to make it out. My brother, some friends, and... Uh, we didn't stay for the entire rain delay. I'll say that. Like we went home and uh, got out of there because t- kind of tight quarters and with COVID and everything, my mom's currently battling cancer. So she's not trying to be around too many people. Uh, so we got out of there and then she ended up going home. We waited it out. Shout out to Eddie Carifio and James Krause from the Northern Star and from the Daily Chronicle uh, for keeping me in the loop during the game. But a hell of a game. I mean, come on. You start the game on a 17-0 run. Uh, You take control from the jump. That's the one thing I really like about the team this year is from the very outset, they're making it apparent who is the team that, that should come out on top. They're taking control of games early. They're scoring points early. The defense looked phenomenal. They didn't give up a single point all first half. They had a pick six. Jaden Dolphin had a pick six. Ontario Brown comes in to relieve Harrison Whaley after he was taken off with an injury. And I wasn't in the press conference after the game and I haven't heard anything about it and probably won't know too much about it until maybe next week, I guess you would say. But talk about Ontario Brown from Georgia. Most people would have expected those carries to go to Clint. Most people would have expected those carries to maybe go to Aaron Collins or Jay Ducker. And the level of trust that Coach Hammock had in Ontario Brown to go get 16 carries for 100, 101 yards. And Harrison, obviously, 13 for 87 before he went down. Clint also had 19 carries and had 49 yards as well and a touchdown. Then Rocky obviously got one on the ground as well. It was your typical Maction, like, bad weather game. It was like... We got to thank God we got a lead early. And then, you know, Eastern Michigan's driving down to try and chip away. And then Jaden Dolphin gets the pick six. I actually will say that 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 happened while I was walking back up to the stadium. But so that was like the one big play that I didn't get to see. But overall, to hold this Eastern Michigan team to 20 points, and now you're on back to back weeks going from. 113 points in two weeks to now only 33 points in two full games of football. The level of trust that we have for the defense is a lot higher now. And they played phenomenally. You can only be proud of guys like Dylan Thomas. And we just talked to Dylan Thomas on this show just this week, man. He got player of the week again. He had a nice sack. He had a nice tip on the Jaden Dolphin. He was the guy who tipped the ball basically to Jaden, to caught or to he caused the interception, I guess I should say. I guess I should say. And then, you know, you throw in the sack, you throw in some TFLs and, and just everything that he brings to that to that second level of the defense, the speed, the mind of a DB and someone who can play the pass, as you can see, caused an interception. Something you absolutely love to see. Not a great day passing the ball for Rocky. Uh, obviously, you throw the, the bad weather in there. And then obviously with a lead you probably going to run the ball more. So we ended up running 55 times and Rocky had 20, 
or 20 attempts. Drew Kasson's also had an attempt, but nine for 12 for 84 yards. His QBR was 64, which isn't bad, but uh, it was just a, it was a tough day. I guess you would say he, he was able to add 16 yards on the ground. So he had an even 100 yards. So you, hey, you got a little honcho uh, the hard way and he got a touchdown. So not the best game, but he managed the offense and he didn't turn the ball over, no interceptions. And you would hope for a better performance and I would anticipate a better performance next week. But overall, this game, like I said, from the very jump, take the lead early. You really kind of take the tempo of the game away from Eastern Michigan. Don't let them control the clock, take the ball down the field and score because that's what they want to do. They scored 59 points a week before against Texas State. They scored like 30 or 40 in the other two games outside of playing Wisconsin. So you have to look at it like this. You have to take them out of their element. You have to take the air out of the ball, control the time of possession, and basically just play Husky football, which is like it fell right into our hands. Coach Hammock and the guys won the time of possession battle by a little over 11 minutes. They played disciplined football with only two penalties for 20 yards. And then they averaged 4.4 yards a pop on the ground to Eastern Michigan, only getting 38 rushing yards. Obviously they had their way on the air with 338 yards, but I guess you could say somewhat of inflated numbers and deflated rushing numbers because they were down early and they had to air it out in order to try and come back. And it got a little questionable late, but the defense again held strong. And I really think that that main game was like the kickstart, the injection of energy that that defense needed to be on, to be playing on that, that next level that they're playing on right now. And they're really playing well as a unit. There's good individual performances. Jordan Hansen was all over the field yesterday again, too. And I know it's easy to say, well, hey, this happened in this game and that happened in this game. Live in the now. I know recency bias isn't always the best thing. But right now, what I'm seeing with my own two eyes and what I'm seeing on the stat sheet and all that stuff confirms that this defense is getting better and they have found their way. So I think the worst game of the season for the defense is behind us point blank period. Like I don't see this defense giving up another like 45 point game, unless it's like crazy action where we're just going back and forth. But the way our team plays, the way we control the time of possession, the way we're able to get long continued drives. And even if we don't score, like we're not punting from, you know, we're not basically punting from the little Husky statue in front of the Chesick, you know, anymore. We're, we're punting from like the 30, the 40, maybe midfield. So where Matt, we can use Matt Ferentz as, you know, a weapon and pin people deep. So I don't have like really any two complaints on the game. My only complaint was, is like the staffers that were uh, saying that the game was canceled because there was like a two hour period where obviously like, you know, I'm not, sitting up in the press box for the game this last week. So I didn't know really what was going on. And yeah, for like two hours, I legitimately thought that the game was canceled because that's what the people at the gates told us. That's what like the cops told us at the gate and stuff like that, like the security people. And then I didn't really see anything on Twitter. And then obviously, like I said, I reached out to Eddie and James. They kind of kept me in the loop as to what was going on. But talk about, Battling adversity, you go up 10 nothing, going into a rain delay in the first quarter. You end up grabbing 17, going up 17 nothing. 
And then obviously you end up only winning the game 27 to 20. So you had to battle a little bit of adversity. You had to know Eastern Michigan was going to come back. It wasn't going to be all gravy uh, for the team just because they got an early 17 point lead. It just helps you and your bottom line. Because if you look at it without that 17 point lead, we only get 10 points for the rest of the game. So those points were important. At the very least, they kept the game out of reach to where, you know, they needed one more touchdown to at the very least, you know, force overtime. So in a situation and in position to win the game from the jump and they executed, they ran the hell out of the football. And I really just, I think I just have to give up on wanting to see Rocky throw the ball like 40 times a game. Cause I, unless we end up in a shootout, which I'm sure we will in the Mac, I have not seen a single game where as a team and we've played primarily Rocky, like 99.8% Rocky this year that we've had over 25 passing attempts. So that's just uh, who, who we are. That's, the, that's our identity. That's our offense. And when you can run the ball for four and a half yards of carry, you do the math. Now at the very least, and I'm not getting four and a half every, every, uh, every play, but so you get four and a half on first and second down third and manageable. That's all that it's about. You obviously don't want to get to third down, but if you're in third and manageable, it's a lot better for your offense to make something happen. Offensive MVP of the game, very simple, point blank period, Ontario Brown. Obviously, a crowded running back room, a talented running back room, a deep running back room. And if you were to tell me before this game that Ontario Brown was going to have 100 yards rushing, I would not have believed you. Uh, obviously, Harrison Whaley is the bell cow of this offense. Clint gets a, it's probably like a good, like, if I could only give the carries to those two guys, because you, know, you exclude Ducker and Collins, between those two, they probably go like 60-40 Harrison, maybe 65-35 Harrison, and then Clint obviously gets touches out of the backfield, catching the ball, does stuff blocking, helps out on special teams as well. But the ability to just pick and plug different players into that backfield and have them have performances like that, Ontario Brown, have a day, offensive line, Guys, you know, all our fatty sponsored athletes on the offensive line have a day. You really opened up good holes and you, you cut Rocky protected. And yeah, there's no other person on offense that's more deserving, more deserving of player of the week than Ontario Brown. And then, and then on the defensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to be giving my defensive player of the week to Jaden Dolphin for his pick six and just the ability to step up in a big spot like that, like make a play, make a name for yourself. And he did that right there. That was probably like the biggest play of his NIU career. And it's great to see that he has that in his arsenal and that he can, you know, pick QB off, take it back to the house. Like there's nothing more exciting in, in football than like a pick six or a kick return for a touchdown slash punt return or kick six. Kick six is just insanity because it's like all the linemen, a tight end, a fullback, and then like the holder and the kicker. So it's not really too many able-bodied tacklers. Punt returns, kick returns, a little bit different because those guys are trained to kill. They're ready to go down and take care of business. Pick six is all chaos, and Jaden Dolphin weathered the storm. Obviously, shout out to friend of the program, Dylan Thomas, for creating the deflection that ultimately led to the Jaden Dolphin pick. But hats off to the entire defense. Uh, they were the better unit, I would say, if I had to 
go between offense or defense. Obviously, I'm still happy with the way that the offense was able to obviously outscore Eastern Michigan, thus us winning the game. But I think defensively, there was a lot of question marks going into last week and then obviously going into this game, especially with such a high-powered offense in Eastern Michigan. And the, the boys answered the call, and they should be proud of themselves. And they have another great defensive performance to build up off of going into Toledo, which I already saw online. They were, or they are almost two touchdown underdogs. So like a touchdown, a field goal, and then one more point. So 11 point underdogs, which the Mac, I personally don't think there's too much difference in a lot of the teams in the Mac. Buffalo and Western Michigan had a good game last week. Western Michigan ended up coming out victorious. Those are two teams that we're going to have to at least split with like, no matter what, between Toledo, Buffalo, and Western Michigan. Would love to have two of those games. Absolutely have to have one of those three if we want to go bowling. If you take two of those, you're now we're talking for the Mac. Now we're talking about conference championships. Find a way to go 1-0 this week. Find a way to beat Toledo this week. But they beat Eastern Michigan this past week, and it was another – convincing performance another great coach game by coach hammock and the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball dialing up blitzes all that stuff shout out to coach jackson as well special teams obviously i give it to him a lot but this man's gonna be kicking at the next level i don't know if he'll get drafted because punters don't really tend to get drafted but they get found and matt ferrens like I said earlier in the episode, is a weapon. He flips the field like nobody else in the MAC, and is someone that you can expect to probably have their opportunity to play at the NFL level when he's done here. Cannot speak to the to the importance of having a kicker or of having a punter that can flip the field like that in a grinded out, nasty, wet weather game. So, shout out to Matt Ferentz again. John Richardson made his kick, kept everything in bounds. feel like that was a one-time thing where he had those two that went out of bounds against Wyoming because we haven't seen it since. But another positive performance for this team to build off of. They are now 3-2. and two. We are over 500 for the second time this season. Took us four weeks after week one, but we are back, baby, and we are three games away from being bowl eligible, so... It's the small things. It's the small victories. College football is literally the best sport. No debate unmatched. And seeing the progress of this team and their ability to battle adversity, seeing the way that they've handled this season has been very inspiring. And you could only hope and imagine that this type of play will carry on over to the second half of the season as this upcoming week will put us halfway through this season. So would love to be at four and two on the other side of the Toledo game. Would be absolutely amazing. And we're already 1-0 in conference play, baby. So we are on the way. Offensive player of the game, like I said, Ontario Brown. Defensive player of the game, Jaden Dolphin. Special teams, Matt Ferentz, friend of the program, our guy best punter in the Mac. And yeah, I think that'll be it. I apologize for a little bit of a shorter episode, but like I said, uh, crammed 12 weeks of tailgating and just being a football guy with the emotions. Uh, Cause obviously 
even though I'm a fan and I cover the team, you can't really like show emotion when you're co- when you're like actively covering the team in work areas. So I'm like like fist pumping under the desk and stuff. But it was electric to see a performance like that and going into Toledo, you couldn't ask for a better performance. But quick like show a quick show note: we will be back on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night at Fatty's at six p.m. Joined by Fatty-sponsored athletes John Champ and Evan Buss. So another set of interviews. Be back out there live for the people. Come out and see us. Come out and grab dinner. Come out and grab some drinks. Come out and have a good time and learn more about your Husky football players. It's a great opportunity, and we've had a lot of fun doing it. We're actually about halfway through those shows. Uh, Like I said at the beginning, there's only going to be seven of those shows this year. We've already had four. And we're on to the second half of the season. Um, And like I said, if you're in town, great. Come on by and let's have a good time. But other than that, I will be back on normal responsibility and assignment, I guess you would say, even though I don't work for a regular publication. So most of what I do is, is talking, obviously. I haven't put out as much written work as I would have liked this season, but I have just been really busy, obviously, with school stuff that I'm dealing uh, with the family and and just trying to, you know, make sure my mom's cool and stuff with all the chemo and everything that's been going on. And then, obviously, I do all the stuff that I do at ONTAP. Notre Dame, my other team, lost a painful one this weekend, so... That's actually uh, what I went and did during the rain delay. I went home and watched Notre Dame just die in front of my eyes. Like they just could not score, couldn't stop Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is a team that now that they beat Notre Dame, as much as I'm like a spiteful guy, for the group of five's sake, I think Cincinnati getting a bid to the college football playoff would mean everything for future group of five teams that want to get in there. And then last but not least, uh, I cover our beloved Chicago bears for, you know, the people that are from Illinois that listen to this podcast. I'm sure you guys are bears fans, Justin Fields fans, you know, all the guys, David Montgomery actually went down today, but the bears won a football game and, and I, you won a football game. And one thing that I actually thought about this morning, uh, while I was getting ready was, we own the state of Michigan this weekend. And I'm even going to throw the White Sox in there, even though I'm a Cubs fan, like the White Sox, I think they took two out of three from the Tigers. We beat Eastern Michigan and the Bears beat the Detroit Lions today. So if you ever needed proof uh, how Illinois is a better state than Michigan, it's definitely that. And one like final meatball take note is NIU currently is the best team in the state of Illinois. And I know that's, that's just me talking, but record record wise, uh, performance based, like Northwestern got pumped like fifty six to seven or some crazy amount, and then Illinois is like battling down to the wire with Charlotte. I know Charlotte's a good Group of Five program, but Illinois is is a few years away from even being where they think they should be. And you gotta win the games that you should win. They should they probably should have won that Maryland game uh, the weekend that we played Michigan. I was watching that the night before, and that was a very good game. But hats off to uh, the NIU game day experience people and and all the people involved in 
helping players get food and helping people figure out where to go and what to do during that time. Cause like I said, very chaotic, like two and a half hour. I didn't even, I didn't even last an hour. We were under the, underneath the bleachers for like a half hour, but even for that half hour it was very chaotic. So I can only imagine what everyone was going through that had to work the event. Then obviously hats off to our players and coaches for staying stretched, staying, you know, focused and, and staying ready to, didn't matter if we played this game at three in the morning or, you know, five o'clock at night, let's come out here. Let's find a way to win a football game. So I've gotten to the rambling point of the show, but it's late Sunday evening. Get this out Monday morning for you guys. Be able to listen to that. And then obviously we'll have our regular shows where Wednesday's show will be a recording of the fatties live show from Tuesday night. And then Thursday's show will be a little bit of a preview of Toledo for me and then a couple of player interviews from my my time at the NIU press conference and and their their weekly media stuff. So with that being said, uh, we really do appreciate everyone for listening to this show. This was Huskies on Tap presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I do apologize about my voice. It is what it is. If, if you noticed, uh, there's two weeks already out of the five that I've lost my voice and it's the two weeks that I was allowed to be a fan, so not that I'm not allowed to be a fan. I'm just allowed to show emotion, I guess you would say, and proud of the team, ready to see where this season takes us. Like I said, this will be the halfway point of this season, so it would be nothing better than to go into the, the thick of conference play at 4-2, and two, but they found a way to win a football game yesterday. 27-20 was the final. Take a uh, – a much needed head to head against a team that's beaten us the last two years and we're on to Toledo. So with that being said, follow us on social at Huskies on tap or at beat on 300. We appreciate you for listening and go Huskies. Yeah. I got drinks on living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks on living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Toya put me over, coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping it hard away.